Hey, welcome to our multiverse. We're excited you're joining us for our new parody comedy series, Superhero Diaries. Hello, this is Batman. Well, sort of. I mean, I'm not one of those actors who gets to play all your favorite superheroes in movies and TV. I guess you would say I'm a parody version of The Dark Knight. Anywho, me and some of my super friends have decided to tell you what we're really thinking when we are doing all those crime-fighting, earth-saving, multiverse-hopping kind of stuff. We will reveal what's behind the mask. Our most private thoughts. Like, who's our secret superhero crush? Gotta go. Girl talk. We have to deal with real-life issues just like you. I mean, how does Spider-Man pee when he's wearing his Spidey onesie? It rides up in the crotch a little bit, too. Does Aquaman talk to fish before he eats them? What is the Hulk's critical review of Wonder Woman 84? And most confounding of all... Someday she just can't get rid of a bomb. How does a guy like me, with no superpowers, get through the week without getting killed every other day? All will be revealed when Superhero Diaries takes off on February 9th. Subscribe now, true believers! As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply while flying cross-country to his next media opportunity. Homelander sees a commotion in the populace below. He shrugs his shoulder and thinks, eh, that's not on my agenda today, and continues to fly towards where the cameras are going to be. It is then that he receives a message from Vought HQ. The message simply reads, Deal with the big red super terrorist. Reversing course, He speeds back towards the immense figure of the Red Hulk, decimating a U.S. military base. Waving at the soldiers as he arrives, Homelander puts himself in front of the brutish monster and prepares himself to do some actual hero work for a change. It's the Offender versus the Seven. It's Boss Ross versus the world's greatest superhero. It's Red Hulk versus Homelander today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic books, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. Ray, so some congratulations are in order. I have to admit, you've been on your A-game, you've got two wins in a row, and my hat is off to you. I think you've been doing really, really well. But I kind of have an announcement to make. An announcement to make. First off, your hat's not off to me because you're still wearing your hat. You forget yeah. that I can see you over this social distance episode that we're making, James Gavsey. So you've already begun with a lie. 
Wow. All right. So, Ray, here's the deal. You're not winning tonight. I'm calling it. I'm getting the win. Really? Oh, absolutely. I am 100% guaranteed getting the win tonight. Why? Because I have to. This is the thing. It's a point of pride, Ray. I can't let you get three wins in a row. I mean, listen, you're on your A game. You're doing great. But you know what? When it comes down to it, it's time for me to pull out all the stops, not to hold back. Consider yourself warned. Oh, no, James. I'm warned. Look at me quaking in my boots. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of your arguments. I'm not afraid of your characters. There's a reason why I dominated you in season two to a massive, powerful victory. And I am the current champion of the Who Would Win show. There's a reason why I'm on currently a two-match winning streak. And I'm not worried about anything you have to throw because I got the Homelander in my corner tonight. True. Homelander is an amazing character. Love the boys comic book. Love the series as well. And, you know, I, I did the Who Would Win patented Google search to see, or Google test, I should say, to see how many people have been talking about this match, if any at all. And guess what? Yet again, we've come up with a match that no one has been talking about. Sure, Homelander versus the Green Hulk, couple of mentions, couple of people talking about it, but a Homelander versus the Red Hulk, no one at all. I do believe, yet again, we're the first to bring this match up to air. So we've got that magical combination of that Superman-like being versus the Hulk, but really different iterations. Mm -hmm. What are your kind of impressions of today's matchup, right? I'm super excited about this matchup. Now, we do as a team take credit for these unique matchups. And as loath as I am to do it, we do have to give the people at home, the listeners who interact with us on social media, a lot of credit as well. Let's face facts. We suggested Homelander and we asked them who they wanted to face. And of course, you know, we got some Hulk answers out there. Red Hulk, sure. And that's sort of what gets the wheels in motion. We like to do something a little bit different. So when we see things like people say, oh, do Bruce Banner, the Incredible Hulk, our wheels say that's too pedestrian. Spin, spin, spin. Red Hulk, however. So I do have to give the people a minor, tiny modicum of ownership of this particular matchup. And of course, I love it. No one's done this before. Listen, I remember when the Who Would Win production team informed us about the opponents that we're going to be taking on. And and when they said, hey, Ray's taking Homelander, I'm like, great. Homelander is exactly like Ray Stacanus. Two people, same mindset. I got to figure this out. Who are you going to give me? And they said, Red Hulk. I was jumping for joy. Cool little fact about me. I love characters who are human, who then transform into some powerful being. Love Shazam. Uh, man, even love Goku when he goes Super Saiyan and then Extreme Super Saiyan. The Red Hulk represents maybe the best representation of me in all of comic books. And that's why I'm so confident for today's matchup. Well, I'm glad to hear it, James. I'm glad you're confident because somebody's got to be for you. Thank you. It's, it's, I'm due is all I'm saying. Now, listen, when you have such a legendary and iconic matchup, like the one we've got today, you need a judge who can match that status. And we have that person today. So making their first appearance on the Who Would Win show, it's Mirko from My Hero Academia. It's Ray Togetso in D4 DJ. It's voice actor extraordinaire, Anaris Kinonas. Anaris, thank you so much for coming on to Who Would Win. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. Hello. You know, I got to tell you, my whole family loves My Hero Academia, loves yeah. your character in it. You're not just a voice actor. We got news that you've actually been nominated for an anime award for best voice actor performance for your role as Akidna in Ray Zero. Is that correct? Yes, that is very correct. And I'm Congratulations. super excited. Thank you. Thank you. I Echidna means so much to me, honestly. I think she was like 
the first role I had like a lot of lines for in an anime because America I've only done like three lines so far and she was so much fun and I just I love her she is amazing and I have a friend who does not want to watch the show because of my performance and I'm very proud of that to be honest wait wait, wait. she doesn't want to watch the show because you're no does not because he says this is like you're you sound too creepy here I can't deal with it I don't trust this she's gonna do something I know I'm not dealing with this I was like oh no I did my job too well that that's incredible listen you know Ray and I know a lot of voice actors we've had a lot on the show you may be one of the first people I I'm kind of predicting you're winning the award by the way you're not just gonna be a nominee oh. and and just tell the people at home what is it that you've got or or what's the work ethic you have to have to be a successful voice actor? Oh, you, gosh, um, crazy work ethic because I I think I am a workaholic and a very proud workaholic. I, I work a lot. I started this, you know, when I was super young, like when I was 12 and I've been working hard ever since. Wow. Just ended wow. up working harder in the past year, especially. So you got to get used to rejection. You got to get used to maybe not getting opportunities sometimes and dealing with the frustration, always being on top of improving your skills. It's like kind of speaking into the void sometimes. You never know what will come out of it. There's no guarantee that just because you have the talent, it means that you'll succeed in this industry. But I like to believe that hard work and talent will bring you to a place where you need to be. It's funny how hard work and perseverance creates you know, that magical formula when opportunity arises, right? Exactly. And, how many you know, times do we talk about this on the show, James? Luck in this type of an industry is just being prepared for the opportunities that are presented to you. That's really what it is, though, because you you can have you can have an opportunity presented to you. But if you if you don't have the skills for it at the time, then, you know, you might not be able to succeed in that opportunity. It happens to a lot of people. Um, and that's why, you know, working hard is important and being on top of it every day, you know, like taking workshops or even just like practicing lines, reading comics or whatever. Like even that is something, you know. It's a lot of preparation. You know, a question popped in my mind for you earlier on today, which was, you know, if you could create or draft your ideal character that you could voice, who would that character be and what would they be all about? Ah, that's an interesting character or interesting question, because actually my first love was writing. I love that more than anything. And then I kind of fell into acting from there. But I think, I don't know, Kendall is already a very interesting character to play so far. I, I very much love com- complex, complex characters. I, I promise I can speak. Um, but I also love um, lazy type of characters who present themselves as, you know, not doing the most. And they're just kind of going with the flow. But they're dealing with like a lot of angst inside. But then also they have a lot of personality and can be very, can be prone to outbursts. And I think those are interesting characters. I don't know. I like characters that have different dimensions to them, and it's not just one beat, you know? Well, that's kind of like your resume. You know, going through that, you've played so many interesting characters from one end of the spectrum to the other. Confident, not too confident, different personality traits. So your answer is not too surprising, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah, it's not. I, I always love the opportunity to play different types. That's That was my number one thing before I started pursuing this professionally. I never wanted to be put into a box, and I'm glad that I haven't been so far. I'm glad that I've gone to play with different types and you know see what I like a lot, see what I maybe don't like a lot or need to work on more. But so far, I've loved all my characters, honestly. like It's 
is very interesting bringing them to life and you know in the case of anime having to consider like what the japanese does and like how are they bringing them to life and taking that into consideration so it's pretty neat well you know the the anime standards have steadily risen ever since you know ray and i were talking about back in the day where the only place you got anime was at the local video store which are right exactly (laughs) and you'd get it and the it's not like the uh, anime had a low standard to start with. It was always pretty high and it's only gotten mm-hmm. higher and higher. So the fact that you're able to come in and just add another notch in terms of level of production, level of awesomeness with your with your voice talent is actually saying a lot. Never mind the fact you're nominated mm-hmm. for an award. So we are Thank super you. happy for your success. I can I'll speak on behalf of Ray. We're super lucky to have you as a judge. Oh, thank you so much. You guys are so sweet. <laughs> Cool. So with that said, it's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the Hulk whose favorite Blue Oyster Cult song is probably burning for you, Red Hulk. And representing Amazon Prime, the hero who puts the red in red, white, and blue, Homelander. Does Homelander really represent Amazon Prime? He does right now. He's all over their commercials. <laughs> That's true, right? He was the Expanse, and now it's Homelander with with the boy. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Okay, because the people on, at Amazon Prime assume that you haven't seen the show and love this all American character. He must be noble, right? Sure, that's that's what he's all about. Okay, <laughs> before Definitely we go any further, go with that than Butcher. <laughs> exact right. Okay, now, before we go any further, (laughs) let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Now, rule number one, each debater will get three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Now, rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. So, Ray, there's two versions of Homelander I'm aware of. Which version are you using? We're going to be using the television show version of Homelander today, which is also why I said Amazon Prime earlier. Because I just finished watching season two, I find the TV show to be even much better than the comics that it's based off of. I thought they really took the property and ran with it in amazing directions. Big fan using the TV version. Got it. Okay, so with the Red Hulk, there's a lot of different versions. You've got different you know, animated versions. Uh, nothing live action yet. But surprise, surprise to the Who Would Win fans, I'll be going with 616 version of Marvel Comics version of Red Hulk when it was General Ross, who was the alter ego of the Red Hulk. That doesn't matter, James. No matter which version you're picking, he's the dead one today. Au contraire. Au contraire. I can't wait for this battle race to Canis. Oh, never mind. Rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Now, feel free to check out the official rules on our website, whowouldwinshow.com. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember to keep an eye out for new shirts all the time, especially the new James Gabsy shirt, which should be out shortly. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, hashtag new shirt coming. And James, if I could just cut you off there just for a moment, it came to my attention that good friend of the show, Delvin Cox, broke his The Duel coffee mug. Now, 
wish I could just send you one, Delvin. You're a great guy, but that's just simply not going to happen. That's not how I do things. But as my way of saying thank you for being a fan and to everybody else out there in the who would win audience and community, I have personally set up a 35% off merchandise or $13 t-shirts all throughout the who would win merch store. That's going to be Wednesday. As you listen to this today or Thursday and Friday, it's a three day sale from the time when this episode can first be listened to all the way through to the weekend. Delvin, get you a new mug. I'm here for you. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with every plate, America's best value meal kit. The holidays are upon us. Give yourself and your wallet a break. Every plate is 50% cheaper than a meal made from grocery store ingredients, and each recipe couldn't be easier to follow. With every plate, you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week and swap proteins, veggies, and sides to your liking. And all that for the same price as one cup of coffee. It's assuredly cheaper than that pumpkin spice latte. Last week, my family challenged me to make something great for dinner. So, I ordered the amazing hibachi-style steak rice bowls from every plate for my family. Super easy and super quick to prepare, by the way. Now, my entire family thinks I'm an amazing cook. And thanks to every plate, you know what? They're not wrong. Each meal gives you simple step-by-step instructions and pre-portioned ingredients to make it fast and easy. Hey, I've said it before. If you can build a bookshelf, you can make a great meal with every plate. And the choices are varied. I've personally made crispy Caesar chicken, pork and poblano tacos, and bibimbap. And all of the above turned out absolutely fantastic. Get started with every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. That's just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. Try this offer and you'll see firsthand why every plate is America's best value meal kit. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on the Homelander. Homelander is the most powerful superhero in the world of the comic book slash TV show, The Boys. He was created by Garth Ennis and Derek Robinson and first appeared in The Boys number three back in 2006. He's portrayed on the television show by Anthony Starr. Homelander is a Superman equivalent character in the universe of The Boys. Notably different than the Man of Steel, though, is that due to being raised in a lab by scientists and without really a true family to lean on, Homelander is a dangerous sociopath who cares much more about being loved publicly than anything he does when the cameras are off. Callous and cruel to enemies, allies, as well as civilians, Homelander places little value on human life and only worries about his image. Fun fact, on the boys' TV show, Anthony Starr plays the all-American Homelander, while Carl Urban plays the uber-British Billy Butcher. What is amazing and surprising to note, however, is that both actors actually hail from New Zealand. Give that (laughs) accent coach a bonus, because they both sound amazing. That is Homelander. It's so funny. Billy Butcher's character is exactly, is very similar to the character Anthony Starr played or portrayed in Banshee, that really cool series that he had. I think it was on Stars or one of those uh, premium channels. Well, check that out. I don't know that show. Oh, it's an amazing show. He's an ultimate bat. No superpowers. Assume someone's identity. He's recent parolee, assumes a sheriff's identity for this town because no one knew him, and then just starts meting out his own type of justice. It's really crazy. He's amazing, and he's amazing in The Boys. So great actor all around. Okay, here are the details for The Red Hulk. General Thaddeus E. Thunderbolt Ross was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and made his first appearance in The Incredible Hulk number one back in May of 1962 and first appeared as the Red Hulk in Hulk number one released in January 2008. Now, General Ross was long known for being someone who used the military to hunt down the Hulk. He had a deep hatred for Bruce Banner and The Incredible Hulk and felt the best way to deal with him was to absolutely destroy him in any way possible. Failing miserably over decades, General Ross saw an opportunity to use an exploratory and type of new type of gamma radiation and uh, mixed in with cosmic rays to actually reverse engineer the same kind of accident that turned Bruce Banner into the Hulk. However, this turned him into a red version of the Hulk. His mustache somehow disappeared when he turned into the Red Hulk, and he retained his normal intelligence, making him much, much more dangerous. And here's an interesting fact about the Red Hulk. Did you know that the Red Hulk almost, as in was this close, to making his first appearance in the iconic Hulk series, TV series that is, from the 1970s, is true. The showrunner of the series, Kenneth Johnson, revealed that he thought it made no sense to have Hulk turn green with anger, and rather it should have been red. Surprisingly, many producers of the show and people from the network agreed with him. Legend has it that Stan Lee himself finally stepped in and explained the character and why the color green would work, 
as well as why changing the color from green to red would alienate the millions of fans the character already had. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Anaris, do you have any questions before we get started? No, not really. It's actually interesting to hear about the Red Hulk. It's interesting to hear their Very backgrounds. Cool. Very cool. This this is a matchup. Superman versus the Hulk has been discussed a billion times. In fact, on this episode of a show called Rideshare, the series, which, you know, I got to help produce with Digital Sky, Ray mm-hmm. Sicanis and I actually appeared on the show in animated form where we did this debate on the show. So this is something, this is a really interesting variation on that age-old battle of Superman versus the Hulk, but I think this is going to turn out very, very differently than it normally does. So with that being said, Ray, hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Homelander, I really want to talk about the heat vision because this is the main weapon he uses on the TV show, The Boys, and this is how he gets over 99% of the time it would sure seem to appear. So, you know, Superman, Superman has the heat vision, which he can then ramp up and he can have levels to it. So he can just heat up something to it, like boil some water, or he could absolutely drive it through somebody if he wanted to, but of course he's Superman, so he's never going to put it on, you know, 10, never going to take it up to 11, as Spinal Tap would say, and murder someone with it. And that's where being a terrible murderer like Homelander comes into play because Homelander, having been raised in a lab, having been told he's the mightiest superhero in the world and then proving it moment after moment, the entire world is afraid of him. He doesn't necessarily, when he's walking around day-to-day life as a hero, need to extend a whole lot of energy uh, a lot of the time. He doesn't need to extend himself. So he uses the heat vision to destroy everybody. He goes through and he'll just heat blast somebody and he will blow them apart. Or he'll use it and zip across their bodies and rip them into pieces. Or he'll just aim it at their chest or, or midriff area and he will shoot a hole right through them, killing them on the spot. He likes to use the heat rays because it's efficient and it's quick. Wonderful. So when he sees a character like Red Hulk, and now one thing that I I kept reading about Red Hulk over and over and over again is that Red Hulk, as he gets, and James, you can maybe speak to this a little better, but the matter he gets, instead of getting stronger like the Hulk, he gets hotter. He gets more and more temperature hotter uh, as he gets more and more enraged uh, as the battle goes on. Now, one of the ways that the Hulk has beaten Red Hulk in the past in comics is he let the Red Hulk overheat and overheat, and eventually the Red Hulk didn't have a way to naturally disperse that heat, and he ended up overheating, losing power, depowering down, and the Hulk cleaned his clock afterwards. So I like to believe that Homelander walking in the door, the first thing he's going to try to do to this creature is he's going to try to use his heat beam lasers on it. And when he uses the eye beams on him, he's going to help heat up and superheat up this Red Hulk character who's already getting hotter because the more you're going to hit him with this, the madder he's going to get. And he's going to hasten the ability to get overheated very, very quickly, causing the depowering that allowed the Hulk to beat him before. Now, look, he's used this heat power in all kinds of different ways. He's used it to heat up a bottle of milk so he could drink it in a very gross way. He's used it to fuse a gun onto an enemy's hand and literally melt the gun into his flesh because he's a pretty rough guy. And he used it to shoot down a political official with just one swipe. Whoop! And then the plane fell out of the sky. So when you combine the heat vision with his natural invulnerability or inability to take damage when he's hit by things, really, I just don't see how this is not going to be successful for him. And he's not just going to beat that Red Hulk right away. And that's my point number one. All right, so this is an interesting character. So, Ray, let me ask you a question. 
how much does Homelander depend on heat vision? Like, is this his go-to tactic of choice? Is it his main kind of, for lack of a better term, weapon? How would you describe this? It's it's his, it's his first move. I would say, it, from watching the boys, if he's fighting another super character, he usually tries to intimidate them into backing down first. And how does he do it? He glows his eyes red, saying, heat vision's coming if you don't watch what you're saying to me right now. So yes, I would say the heat vision is his number one attack. Got it. And you said the, the entire world is afraid of him, right? So oh, yes. why, why is that? Is that because, I've watched the series as well, is it because there's not a lot of similarly powered opponents to him is there another why are people so afraid oh people are terrified of him because what well, you're terrified of him if you're a criminal if you're a criminal and he shows up because you know you're likely to be killed in that moment there's really no getting away from a superman type character once he's 10 feet away from you and wants to kill you you're basically done now the regular people of the world consider him a hero they consider him an american treasure because they don't really stop to worry i mean season two things change a little bit sure. as some of his terrible deeds come out but generally speaking, they're not worried about him because they think he's there to protect them, even though he couldn't give two sheets to the wind how they're doing tomorrow. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. To your point that the Red Hulk explodes, that's definitely something that does happen, but it's extremely, extremely rare, and it takes a lot of energy and and a lot of time for that to happen. So, for example, uh, and I'll mention this more, the Red Hulk took on this character called the Silver Surfer, who's considered one of Marvel Comics heavyweights. Not a problem there. He did not explode, took on that fight, and actually beat him. More on that later. The explosions that occur, that has to happen under very, very specific circumstances. And there's something Homelander has that will actually help the Hulk not explode. But again, I'll go into more details with that later. Yeah. All right. Let me go with my point number one and kind kind of position this a little bit differently. So let's talk about the powers of the Red Hulk. So, you know, the Red Hulk obviously has a lot of powers in common with the Green Hulk. So he's got top tier level super strength where he can easily catch an airplane. He can move tectonic plates if he if he wanted to of the earth. He can smash a comet coming at earth at full speed. He's got insane durability where he can withstand punches from the Hulk, hits from Thor's hammer, nuclear explosions, falls from orbit, or even having Avengers Tower dropped on him. None of that really stopped him. He can jump super far and super high. He pulled what I call the one punch man tactic where he jumped from the moon back to earth no problem whatsoever. By the way, he can survive in space. He's got super speed, not at the flash level, but he's fast enough where he can move faster than Iron Man's armor could actually detect him and then target him. And that's actually really impressive. He's got a healing factor. Well, he'll heal super fast from any injury, including having his head ripped off. Now, here's something about the Hulk. If you take off Wolverine's head, he's pretty much dead. But if you take off the Hulk's head or Deadpool's head or the Red Hulk's head, what happens is they actually find each other again. The body will find the head and they'll actually kind of regrow back. Tendrils will come out and the head will grow back to the body and everything is seamlessly, seemingly okay. Kind of cool. The Red Hulk, though, has something different. Oh, by the way, he's also got superhuman stamina where he can continue to fight, you know, pretty much forever if he wanted to. And here's the cool part. The Red Hulk can also emit gamma radiation. And when he does this, it looks like he's on fire. He weaponizes this to the point where anything around him starts to melt. And it's almost like a really weird heat vision that emanates from his body. He burns beings as powerful as Thor when they touch him or punch him because he does get that hot. So after adding all this up, you have to ask yourself, just how powerful is the Red Hulk? Well, he's so powerful that one of the most powerful mutants ever, Magneto, couldn't hold him in his most powerful magnetic field. Remember, just like Iceman that Ray loves, Magneto is an Omega-level mutant. He's so powerful that Utopia, an island full of very powerful mutants, including Magneto, Cyclops, when he had the Phoenix Force, 
None of they all got together. They attacked the Red Hulk. They realized we should back off because we can't hold him on the island if we wanted to. He's that powerful. Remember, the Phoenix Force is something that, you know, even Galactus, the world eater, fears. It can destroy galactic systems, solar systems. And that's what Cyclops had to take on the Red Hulk. And even he backed off from the Red Hulk. He's so powerful that in a fight with a version of the Hulk called Doc Green, he caused the Earth to shake and quake all over the United States whenever he hit Doc Green. He is that powerful. This is my favorite one. He's so powerful that he withstood the pull of a black hole. And then when he does his thunderclaps, like the Hulk does, he actually tore a tornado in half. How that works, I have no idea. That goes against physics, but it's something the Red Hulk can do. (laughs) So as powerful as Homelander is, he's never come up against anyone close to as powerful and as devastating as the Red Hulk. The Red Hulk, on the other hand, has dealt with many beings more powerful than Homelander and pretty much beat them and even outpowered them all. That is my point number one. There are some decent things that you're saying right there, James. I would like to give you credit. No, I wouldn't. So when his head is separated from his body and these two elements are coming together, does how long does that take exactly? Actually, it's, it, it's an interesting question. It takes seconds these days, literally seconds. Now, so the they, last time- they have to be near each other when that happens? Supposing Homelander rips mm-hmm. his head from his body and throws it to another state. It would not take seconds at that point, right? It would take a little bit longer, but they do have some type of homing system where they can find each other. It would take under the two minutes required to actually get a win. So, you know, one of the rules we have is you have to you know, incapac- incapacitate your opponent for two minutes. It would take less than two minutes for the head to come back on for, and for the Hulk, the Red Hulk, to be, you know, back to quote unquote normal, as weird as that sounds. That's fair. And the other question that I have right here is you said it's a very, very rare thing that the Hulk, Red Hulk would overheat. Uh, what's more rare than being shot with a heat beams from a Superman-like character? That seems to me like an absolutely reasonable situation where he would overheat and then depower. You'd think so. I just wish I had some way for the Red Hulk to deal with that. I don't know. Don't. Let's see what my next points bring up, right? Maybe it, I do, maybe I don't. It's sure, it's sure a shame that you don't, James. So it's, I'll accept fair. the victory right now. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so <laughs> all right, Eric, you've heard points number one from both Ray and I. Where's your head at right now with this battle? So Red Hulk seems pretty OP, actually. And the fact that he can, you know, radiate heat himself and, you know, as your point is, James, to be able to heal that quickly and everything with being able to overheat like that takes time. For me personally, it's like, oh, well, I don't know if just heat vision would be enough for Homelander. Like, if his thing is heat vision and, I guess, intimidation, it's like, what does he really have? You know, like, he's also invulnerable. I know that. So I guess what I'm wondering is what else does Homelander have to back himself up? Is he used to close combat? Because I'm assuming that Red Hulk would prefer close combat. Uh, does How does he handle that? Like, is heat vision his go-to? Is he fast? How fast is he? Yeah, that, that that's kind of where my head is right now. Great questions, great observation, great analysis. Okay, so we're off to a good start, Ray. And Eris is really on top of this. Go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Homelander. I just want to talk about his other backup powers. It's so funny that you asked that question because I'm here to answer it right away for you. So let's talk about some of the things that he can do because Homelander, of course, can fly. And he can fly very, very, very fast. There's a scene where he's trying to find one of his teammates who's locked up in the city and has gone missing. And you can see him above barely noticeable because he's going so fast, flying back and forth around the city using his x-ray vision in order to try to find his friend, who, of course, they locked in a what a zinc 
area because that's the one thing he can't see through. Now, you'd think he'd recognize, I can't see through zinc, and then he'd go to the place he knows he can't see through. That's what I would do, but I'm no Homelander. Now, he does fly, and he does keep a high-level strength when flying. He's also known in his universe as the strongest superhero in the world. Now, there are about, I believe it was estimated, 200,000 superheroes in the world, in the entire world, in the universe of the boys. That's a lot. 200,000 people is a lot of people. And when you yourself, Homelander, are known as the strongest one in the entire world, what does that say? Red Hulk in the Marvel world definitely is not the strongest. I don't even know if he ranks in the top 10 of strongest characters in his world. So when we take the two worlds and we push them together... I would have to give a little bit of a lean towards the one known for being the strongest in a world littered with super powered characters. You know, his durability also, we talked about his invulnerability a little bit in point number one. And there is a great quote here that says, there isn't a weapon on earth they haven't thrown at him and they've all failed. That implies nuclear weaponry. That implies blunt objects, sharp objects, guns, other super powers. Nobody's been able to dent the Homelander. He's been involved in some in the TV show. You know, he at one point had a large pile of concrete fall on him while he was flying and he got caught by surprise by it. And it did take him like a minute to get out of it, but he got out of it and there was nary a scratch on him. He was in the middle of an explosion uh, at the end of season one. And he was able to get himself out of there and not a nothing on him. You know, his, he got hit with a, a fire. He's been hit with everything and nothing dents the Homelander. And this is why he is the strongest. And then when you talk about his actual strength, we saw him pick up a thug on the street in one of the earlier episodes and casually toss him up in the air like one would do a bag of peanuts at a baseball game and threw the guy to the point where he landed one city block away and fell to his death after falling from such a great height. And he did it almost effortlessly. And we've seen him in some fights with some of these other characters, whether it be Stormfront um, when he used the heat vision on her and uh, he made a point of it to try not to kill her, but he wasn't exactly holding back a whole heck of a lot. But he was also able to get in all kinds of different altercations with Starlight and she was didn't really want to fight back. The Deep, all these other characters on the show don't want to fight Homelander and there's a reason for it. And that's because as soon as they make one wrong move, no matter how powerful they might be, Homelander is going to tear them to shreds and rip them apart into pieces. We've seen him punch a door off of a plane in order to enter it uh, or exit it almost effortlessly. He's just too powerful for anything, anything that Red Hulk can dish out. Red Hulk can't hurt this guy. And that's my point number two. Okay, this is interesting. So I do remember when the concrete, you know, he's fighting that telekinetic. I think that's what his powers were. And the telekinetic, you know, forced like a school bus, some cars and some concrete to fall on him from like they were in an underground, some type of like sewers or something like that. It was it like a did, parking structure. It was or a parking yeah. structure. I do remember the fight that happened after with Stormfront and those two characters. It took Homelander. I timed it well over three minutes to make his way over to back to where the fight was happening, which, by the way, is more than the two minutes you need to actually win this fight. So I don't know. He didn't look like he was hurt, but it did feel like it took some time to get his way and dig his way out of whatever it was that fell on him. Remember, Avengers Tower was dumped on Red Hulk and he was OK, got out of there pretty quickly. Again, I'm just going to well, I back. sure hope Red Hulk doesn't use his telekinetic powers against Homelander today. Oh, wait, he doesn't have any. <laughs> OK, cool. And again, why didn't and this is actually an interesting point? Because I thought the same thing. Why didn't Homelander, as he's flying across, I guess it was New Jersey, not stop and investigate this building that had zinc, like a zinc concentration on it? Why I, didn't he? Because you would think 
someone with, you know, that kind of fighting IQ would say like, wait, that's suspicious. Why didn't he go to investigate? I can only assume that there's deposits of zinc everywhere uh, in the city, under the city, under its guises. It could also just be that maybe it doesn't look like a necessarily like black spot on a white background to him as he's flying around. It just shows up as nothing, which can be, it's like a where's Waldo, you know, it's not necessarily like the easiest thing to find right away, depending on how it appears to him. You know, I, that could be it, but I actually think this has more to do with his lack of, in MMA terms and in combat sports, it's called fighting IQ or fight IQ, hmm. which is like saying, hey, wait a minute, something's weird why they're always circling to the left or why are they hitting me with a jab so much, but their right hand is dropping over there. Something's up. You can kind of pinpoint and, and detect some openings or what your opponents are trying to do. This is something I think Homelander is lacking is that fight IQ. Again, I'll get into that more into that into my later points, but let me go ahead and hit you with my point number two. I call this the man behind the monster. So here's a question for you. What would happen if Superman got the training and mindset of Batman, right? Oh, he'd become Homelander. Incorrect. So here's what would happen. Would that make Superman a better fighter? Remember, Homelander hasn't really shown fighting skills, but if Batman's training went into Superman, would that make Superman a better fighter? Sure. Would that make him a better tactician in a fight? Sure. Would that make Superman a much more dangerous opponent? Absolutely. Would that enable Superman to take on an opponent who's more powerful than him because he could use superior fighting technique and strategy to overcome them? Again, absolutely. So that's what you get when you combine the insane power of the Green Hulk with the tactical genius and fighting ability and attitude of General Ross. Remember, you know, unlike the Green Hulk, who's sometimes called a mindless monster, the Red Hulk keeps his intelligence of General Thunderbolt Ross, and it's this person, his training, his mentality, that kind of give him this distinct advantage in this fight, in my opinion. General Ross is a really good fighter. I mean, really good fighter. He's very well trained in military combatives, all forms of combat that you can think of associated with the military. And according to Marvel's official wiki page, he's a top-level combatant or fighter, as his combat rating is just as high as his strength rating, which means as a Red Hulk, as strong as he is, his fighting ability ranks just as high. That is a crazy opponent. He's also got, remember, the grit and never say die attitude of a well-trained special forces soldier because that's what he is. Getting scared isn't something he does, nor does he ever underestimate his opponents. He's unflinching, really, in the face of danger. He's really consummate soldier, I think is the term, when it comes to fighting against something or someone with even more power than he has, as rare as that is. So he's also got this amazing mind for strategy, where he's able to analyze his opponent really quickly and figure out their weaknesses. He spent decades, again, chasing down and fighting the Hulk as a regular human, and now he's put all that experience and combat and expertise into the Red Hulk, which is why, he, again, he's such a badass fighter as a super-powered person. So if you wrap that all into one giant-sized Red Hulk-sized monster, it's pretty obvious why Marvel lists the Red Hulk amongst the most powerful beings and dangerous beings on the planet. Again, that's in the Marvel 616 universe, where there's a lot of powerful beings of that power level. So this has led to some really big wins for the Red Hulk. For example, he's beaten the regular Hulk a few times very decisively. In fact, he beat up a powered-up, amped-up version of the Hulk I mentioned before called Doc Green, who had the mentality of Bruce Banner with increased strength somehow for the Hulk. And again, the Red Hulk beat him pretty decisively. He beat the Silver Surfer, who's considered one of the most powerful beings in all Marvel comics. To put this into perspective, Silver Surfer can travel at light speed through space, manipulate matter at the molecular level, can survive black holes and stars going supernova, and has unlimited strength and power, and the Red Hulk has a win over him. And, and this is really cool. In an unexpected encounter with no prep time whatsoever, Red Hulk took on and beat the Odin Force Thor. 
So Thor by himself, again, considered the, the god of combat of Marvel Universe, right? And thousands of years of combat experience, magical strength and power, has given him decisive wins over the regular Hulk. So add in the Odin force, which is the omnipotent force of his father, Odin, which Thor then got. And Thor at that point is many times more powerful than he regular is. So all of a sudden the Red Hulk is finding himself fighting Thor. And he's like, got it. This is a superpowered being, much more powerful than me. I got to figure this out. So he maneuvers Thor into space, literally jumps into space, lures Thor there. So he hits him hard enough that Thor drops his hammer. Now, remember, he's in space. So if Thor drops the hammer on Earth, what happens? You can't pick it up unless you're worthy. But in space, it's different. There's no gravity. So the Red Hulk takes the hammer and starts bashing the heck out of Thor with it, knocks him out and leaves him in space, finds himself to the moon and pushes off the moon and goes back to Earth, has a win over Odin Force Thor. So compare this to Homelander, who has little no fight training. I already mentioned that before. Little no experience fighting other beings on his power level or in a power level superior to his. And you got to think, when was the last time he had to come up with a plan in a random encounter against someone more powerful than him? And the answer is, he hasn't. That's why the Red Hulk's getting the win. That's my point number two. Okay, well, you said a few things right there. You know, look, has Homelander fought somebody more powerful than him? No, because he's the strongest superhero in his universe. There is no one stronger than him. That's the entire point. Not just that. He doesn't need to be great at fighting because he is so much more powerful than the people around him. That's why he just leans on the heat beams all the time and then reaches out and crushes people's skulls when he does because he doesn't have to be because he is that much more powerful than everybody else around him. Look, if you're a man and you're fighting against a room of ants, you don't have to whip out the Kung Fu to win that battle. You just step on him, James. You just step on him. That's interesting. So if Bruce Lee had to fight someone who was, let's say, 6'8", 300 pounds, but had no fight training. How would that fight turn out? Does that 6'8", 300-pound person have super strength, flight, and invulnerability? Because if they do, that does not end very well for Bruce Lee, now does it? I disagree. Bruce Lee would still find a way to win. Okay, so with all that being said, uh, Daris, you've heard points one and two from Ray, points one and two from me. We're now what's called the turning point. This is where you tell us who you think is ahead and what the other side has to do to pull out a win. I'm still leaning towards Red Hulk because from what Ray has told me, Homelander is used to being the strongest and he's used to not being challenged. And I feel like James' point of bringing up having a fighting IQ with Red Hulk having years, like thousands of years apparently, uh, of experience fighting and not just fighting regular people, but fighting superhumans. I feel like that's a pretty big advantage. And even if you have Homelander who, yeah, is invulnerable, has his heat vision, can fly and is really fast, I feel like strategy can very much trump abilities if you have the smarts for it, which it seems like Red Hulk does. I was wondering how Homelander would handle a strategic enemy you know someone who used smarts more than abilities or even someone who has both and i'm also wondering do we know if homelander can fly in space and to james can red hulk heal quickly if say he his body was separated and sent off to space like if he's in cat incapacitated in that way like how how quickly would that take you know good question yeah I, i could try to answer a little bit here we haven't seen homelander go to space So it's really just a a theory. It's just positing an idea. Mm -hmm. But if he has similar powers as Superman, Superman tends to fly in space with no problem. I would assume that Homelander does still need to breathe, but he can probably control his body and take in a lot of oxygen before he leaves the Earth. 
So if he was to mm. take Red Hulk into space and Red Hulk doesn't have Thor's hammer to return with, James, I would have to say Homelander could easily, and I'll get into a little bit of my point number three, but I think that could absolutely be an avenue to victory for Homelander. It's okay. interesting. Again, One Punch Man is some, or Red Hulk pulled a One Punch Man, maneuvered himself to the moon somehow, jumped back from the moon back to Earth exactly where he was because he could figure that out. Being in space is not a problem for the Red Hulk. Maneuvering mm. or just being there. Okay. Interesting, yeah. interesting. And good stuff. does heat vision, like, have we seen how Homelander's own heat vision affects him? Because it seems like that's his only thing that he has as an, as an offensive other um, than his strength, you know? So, like, if his own abilities were used against him, does how would happen that work? in season two of the show. His son, a spoiler alert, develops the same powers that Homelander has. And he's making his son and his mom really, really mad. And then the son's like, back off. He shoots the blast at Homelander, singes his outfit, you know, hurts the outfit. But the man himself is fine. He did get knocked and flew backwards and then sort of got up smiling like my boy did a power. Oh, boy. So d did it did it affect him in a physical way that it knocked him around a little bit? Absolutely. Did it actually do damage to him? No, not really. Hmm. OK, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. An eight year old boy did not have enough power to damage Homelander. But that's okay. Ray, you know, I, I, I still feel very confident in this. I did call out the one at the beginning of the matchup, but I'm interested Dangerous. in your point. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Give me your point number three, please. Point number three for Homelander and where we really bring it home, because I feel like I've kind of shown you in point one how he would potentially win. I've mm -hmm. shown you in point two another avenue that he would potentially win. But let's just talk about the cheap ways that Homelander could absolutely win this for fight. So he can fly very, very fast. He can run even faster because he is a very, very fast human being. He caught up to fighter jets, which are about Mach 2. So that was what it was established that he could fly at about Mach 2 in order to catch up to jets that are flying through the air at full speed. This is a speed that I do not believe that the Red Hulk can actually match. But when you consider the fact that on ground, when he's not flying, he's even more powerful. There was an explosion at the end of season one of the boys, and he was inside a house with a baby and a man, and an explosion blew up the entire house. Homelander knew he would be fine, but the other two people involved would probably not. So he was able to grab the baby, grab the man, get them out of the house as the explosion is going on, which requires a speed roughly Mach 11, which is Mach 11. So he's if, Mach, if Hulk can't meet, match somebody who's going Mach 2, I don't definitely think he can match somebody who's going Mach 11. I'm All not right, going to pretend this is an... I'm going to yes. intervene here. What What is this Mach 11 and 2 thing? Like, put into perspective here. <laughs> Mach 2 is approximately 1,500 miles per hour, and Mach 11 is almost just over 8,400 miles per hour. And that's to put it into scientific terms for you right there. That is insanely fast. It's not infinite mass punch fast, James Gavsey, as you might pretend it was. But it's fast enough that I don't think if he's going to go at full speed and he's going to absolutely come after the Hulk, that the Hulk is not going to have an answer for being hit that hard with that level of speed that many times before he can even react. Not just that. Homelander can fly and the Red Hulk cannot. And when you have a flying character versus a stand on the ground character, even one who can jump kind of high like Red Hulk can, the guy who can fly and be maneuverable in the air is going to have the advantage because two cheap ways that I could see Homelander pulling out this victory. One is a stick and move, a hit and run sort of a strategy because Red Hulk is big and he's brutish and he's tough and he's strong. So Homelander is going to want to keep his distance away. So I could see him using his flight and his incredible speed 
flying down, land a shot or two, and then back up. Red Hulk comes around, he flies around, hits him in the back of the head, backs up again. And he's just going to be able to keep hitting Red Hulk without the Red Hulk necessarily being able to get hits back on him until eventually he wears the guy down. It might take a while, but eventually can wear down the Red Hulk and drop him that way if the heat beams don't work. And the other way, simply, look, this is a character who threw his son off the roof of a second story building because he wanted to see him fly. And the son was not ready to fly and hit the ground and hurt himself a little bit. At least, at least shocked him, shocked the system. So this is a guy who's willing to throw his own son off the roof and throw his enemies flying up in the air and not worrying about where they come down. So the idea that he could just take the Red Hulk, fly up a little bit and throw him into space where he's going to take him longer than two minutes to fall back down to Earth again, even at the highest stratosphere, it takes longer than two minutes to fall back down to Earth. He just gets rid of Red Hulk that way. It's a very simple, it's a very cheap tactic. And I think Homelander is just the kind of guy to do it. And that's my point number three. Okay, a couple of questions. Did you say the Red Hulk was British or brutish? Brutish. Got now, it. if he was British, it would be a different can of worms altogether. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I kind of want to see a British wicket. Red Hulk. Uh, look, if you put a little bowler hat on him and give him a monocle, I would be down for that version of the Red Hulk today. You know, imagine if he sounded like one of the Beatles. Like, how cool? <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. Okay, so here's the thing. Red Hulk has had to deal with uh, speedsters and people can move at super speed. Someone who can actually move at light speed in space and super, super fast, much faster than what Ray mentioned, is Thor. When he uses his, tham- his hammer to, to fly, he can move at insane speeds, and he's hit Hulk at those insane speeds, the Red Hulk, a number of times, and the Red Hulk has tanked all those shots. So being hit at that super speed by someone who's that powerful hasn't really worked that well against the Red Hulk. It's more of a get in close. If you're going to have any effect, you got to get in close and stay in close and, and keep the battle going, which means you have to have some inner fortitude and desire to want to fight. That's why Thor, like the God of Thunder, kind of like the God of Combat, is down for a fight with the Red Hulk because he knows it's always going to be a challenge and a brawl. So let me get to my point number three, and this is going to clarify everything. Hashtag time for a KO. Let's talk about key weaknesses of the Homelander and the key strengths of the Red Hulk. So in evaluating the Homelander, I've actually found a few weaknesses and limitations. So for example, Homelander is nowhere near as strong as the Hulk. And how can I tell, you might ask? Well, here's the thing. When Homelander you know, went into the uh, plane that was being hijacked, but accidentally took out the pilots while he was taking out the hijackers because he was careless like that, the plane obviously was not being piloted anymore and was going down. Now, instead of getting out of the plane and then holding it and then gen- and flying in air and gently guiding it down to the ground, Homelander stated that he couldn't do it. Why? Because there was nothing, as he said, for him to stand on to lift the plane up, which is interesting. He also said he wasn't able to fly out and guide the plane safely to the ground, which, again, I was like, really? If this is a Superman character, he should be able to do something, but he couldn't. Now, this reveals a huge difference between Homelander and Superman. And again, you got at this point, you realize I'm a big nerd. I know the details of these characters. Guiding a plane to the ground is easy for Superman. Why? Because Superman is actually stronger when he flies than when he's just on the ground by himself, not flying. It's one of those weird facts about Superman. He picks up something that's huge and he's like, hey, I got it. And he starts flying with it. He's like, wow, this is actually much easier. Don't know why that is, but that's a part of Superman's power set. Homelander seems like it's the complete opposite. Secondly, as I mentioned before, Homelander doesn't have a lot of fighting skill. He hasn't had to face off against someone as powerful as he is in a fight and hasn't had anywhere near the training of the Red Hulk 
as Anaris has actually pointed out, without giving away too many spoilers, especially from the comic book, the moment Homelander faces off against someone as powerful as he is, but who can also fight, Homelander gets absolutely wrecked, as in wrecked. So, goes up against someone of equal power, even the same equal league. He doesn't have the fighting skills. He gets taken apart. Again, not going to say why that happens or how that happens. Maybe that's going to happen in the series. But in the comic book series, that was absolutely shown. Thirdly, Homelander has a real issue with his confidence. And this is why this character is so interesting. When he feels he isn't getting the adoration he deserves, or if he isn't winning the way he wants to, or if things just aren't going his way in a confrontation, what's he do? He takes off and leaves, which is something we saw many times in both the seasons of The Boys. But it's his forced thing that will be his undoing. And I've actually really been holding back for a while. Ray, what is the power you said Homelander uses the most to dispatch his opponents? It's the heat rays from his eyes. Perfect. Okay, we're on the same page. It's his heat vision, right? So what will happen to the Red Hulk when the Homelander uses his heat vision against him? And he's going to use it against him, not once, twice, but multiple times. See, here's the thing. The Red Hulk has one more power I may have forgotten to mention in point number one. He has the ability to absorb energy, which is how he beat that Silver Surfer character I previously mentioned due to the fact that he absorbed his cosmic energy when it got shot at him. So Homelander shoots his heat vision, which gets absorbed by the Red Hulk, which is in, by the way, what increases the Red Hulk's power. So when the Hulk gets angrier, he gets more powerful. When the Red Hulk absorbs energy, that's what makes him more powerful. That's what gets him stronger. All of a sudden, Homelander's hitting him with heat beams or heat vision once, twice, three, four times. Nothing's happening other than the fact that the Hulk's getting more powerful. So what's going to happen to Homelander's confidence? Is it going to get better or is it going to get worse? It's going to get worse. All of a sudden, he tries to trade blows with the Hulk because he's like, why wouldn't I? Nothing's ever stopped me before. I'm the most powerful person on this planet. All of a sudden, not only do his shots not work that well, but he's getting hit back hard. In the end, General Ross the special forces soldier who's piloting the Red Hulk with all of his viciousness and training, now absorbing the power of Homelander's heat vision and getting more powerful because of it, with all the extra powers of the Red Hulk, is taking on Homelander, who has been shown, especially in the comic books, to get to have no fighting skill and to be able to take a pounding like no one's business the moment he gets in a fight with someone who matches him but has more skill. He's got a fragile psyche that falls apart and retreats in flight at super speed if he ever feels he's getting in trouble. Look, against Butcher, you know, a regular human being who's super intelligent and knows how to kind of manipulate him, when all of a sudden he realized he couldn't scare him and he was no more fun to play with, he took off. He didn't do anything to him. He just took off. What do you think is going to happen when he takes on a special forces trained Red Hulk who can absorb Homelander's energy that makes himself stronger? In the end, it's a superior strength and durability, better training, tactics, military mindset, bigger wins, and ability to use Homelander's heat vision as a way to power up even more more so, all that put together, it's so easy to see that one way or another, the Red Hulk wins this battle. That is my point number three. I mean, a whole lot of junk right there you're trying to throw. I appreciate you trying to throw Hail Marys right and left right now, James, because you're getting destroyed in this battle. Now, let me just tell you what would actually happen. Homelander would shoot the Red Hulk with heat beams, and quite frankly, I think that they would definitely cause him to get hotter. I think they would cause him to depower. I mentioned this in point number one. If you get him hot enough, it goes too far. It's sort of like when you bowl. And if you bowl a couple of matches, you're feeling good, your arm gets loose. But then you think to yourself, I can bowl a fourth game, a fifth game, a sixth game. Your arm starts becoming jelly. And once your arm becomes jelly, your scores start going down, 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 down. And that's what's going to happen with the heat beams against the Red Hulk. 
He gets stronger as he gets hotter, and he gets stronger as he absorbs his energy, but then it hits a certain point of no return, and it's going to start diminishing rapidly. Now, you argue about the whole plane thing, and yes, Homelander is more powerful on the ground than he is in the air. That's a well-established fact about Homelander. He's even said, though, that he's still very powerful. He wasn't able to necessarily move the plane down because his greatest concern was, if I go to touch the plane at that speed and I'm trying to match it, he doesn't have a soft touch. So all he's really going to do is barrel his hand through the entire length of the plane, causing more damage to it and just absolutely destroying it even worse than it's already been because he doesn't have a gentle touch. You know where a gentle touch doesn't come in handy? A fight, James. This is where he's going to be fighting. He doesn't need a gentle touch. There's no plane he's trying to save here. He's trying to destroy the Red Hulk. Look, this is a guy who wanted to kill an entire room of protesters but thought better of it and walked away. Now, is he necessarily as good of a fighter as Red Hulk? No, but again, he doesn't have to be. I've outlined several cheap ways that he could win, and let's face it, if he starts getting challenged by Red Hulk, he's going to do something cheap. That's who this man is. And final point, you bring up the comic book version a few times. Nice try, James. I'm repping the TV show version. Now, you might you might, you might, know, have those comic book feats or something in your back pocket, but remember in the according to the Who would win rule book. I know you hate the rules, James, and you hate playing fair like I do. Noble, virtuous Ray, as I'm known <laughs> on the street. A lot less weight has to be given to those comic book feats. That is an established fact of this show. That's all I have to say. I absolutely agree with your last point. You are known on the streets. <laughs> I'm more feared than Homelander, quite frankly. They see me coming and my eyes start glowing red because I popped in some of those contacts. People yeah. get nervous. Yeah, if, if you were repping yourself, I probably I, I probably would have to automatically give it to you, Ray, in this one. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> deserve. Deserve. <laughs> Just like Homelander, he's got to go up against a good opponent. Okay, you've heard the points from Ray. You've heard the points from me. This is the time where you have to take us through your process and tell us definitively who wins this battle, Red Hulk or Homelander. All right. So coming into this, I had a feeling I might have a bit of a bias towards Homelander because I'm more familiar with him. And I was pleasantly surprised with James' arguments. I I do think that Homelander is, or I do think both of these characters are very strong characters in their own universes. I think that Homelander is a sociopath for sure and unapologetic in all of his actions, um, his heat vision, his flight his strength like you don't really see a lot of weaknesses on homelander and i think it has a lot to do with his invulnerability and that lack of apologetic or uh, that lack of wanting to apologize for what he does like he he will do whatever he doesn't care so you know i I do think that he does have a good edge based on that but then thinking of red hulk you brought up a lot of very notable enemies from mcu and considering their power levels considering the different scenarios that Red Hulk has been through, that definitely leads me to believe that he is experienced. He's probably faced someone like Homelander before and probably already knows how to handle someone like him. That paired with, you know, the fact that he can radiate heat and he he can jump into space and then find his way back to Earth. And also that last point of absorbing energy, that was kind of the killer for me. So I kind of have to give it to Red Hulk here. And there we have it. There we have it. The genius, the genius, the genius of Anaris. I got to tell you, Homelander had me worried until the team said Red Hulk. And I'm like, I got this. And it's only because I, for whatever reason, Homelander, he's such a great character. 
as I'm watching this, the show, I'm like, wait a minute. How come this isn't happening? Why isn't he doing this? It helped clue me in. And then all of a sudden, Red Hulk, I'm like, perfect. That's how you got to do it. Hashtag Ray was robbed. Obviously, you people at home can see what just oh. happened. I've taken the most powerful character of a universe, repped him perfectly. He flies. Red Hulk doesn't. Look, I've already you heard an entire show's worth of me explaining why you're wrong. When you go back and listen to this, I hope you feel just a little bit of shame. So, Anaris, I got to fill you in on something. I've actually personally fought almost this exact type of scenario matchup, and that's why I was so confident. So, yeah. Yeah, back in the day, doing MMA challenge matches, I, you know, sometimes someone busts into your school and they're like, I want to take on the toughest person here. I was not the toughest person in my MMA school at all, but I was in the group of people who took on the challenge. So anyway, one guy comes in, he's a little bit bigger than me. I'm not a small guy. He's, you know, looks like muscle bound person. He looks like he can fight. Are you talking about that time I showed up at your dojo, James? No, I'm talking about the person who came in looking scary because they looked like they were in good shape and everything. So that guy came in and all of a sudden he's like, I want you know, take on someone. So I step up and he talked the talk. He looked good. He looked like a fighter. And then the moment we locked up and started throwing punches. Yeah, he had no technique. That guy went down hard. He went down quick, not because I was that great, but because he couldn't fight that well. That's what this matchup was in a heartbeat. That's why I said hashtag time for a KO. That's why I called it at the beginning of this matchup. That's why I was so confident. Ray Sicanus, you're welcome. All right, James. And as much as I hate to break up your whole James's great story that you're suddenly throwing around, I doubt that even happened, quite frankly. That sounds like something that you imagined in a fever dream. Oh, yes, I was in a dojo and a big guy came in and I beat him up. Sure you did, James. Sure you did. Now, I just want to pull back the curtain for just a moment. How long have you been telling the Who Would Win production team that you wanted to rep Red Hulk on the show? Has it been since episode one? It has been since episode one. So, Anaris, Red Hulk is one of my favorite characters. Absolutely. Yeah. For a lot of different reasons. And every time we have an opponent and, the, you know, the production team says, here's opponent A. Who do you think they should go up against? Hey, it's Poison Ivy. Who should go up against Poison Ivy? I'm like, I don't know. How about the Red Hulk? Hey, it's Harley <laughs> Quinn. Who should she go up against? I don't know. Maybe the Red Hulk. Hey, it's Bumblebee. Maybe the yeah. So I've been a broken mm-hmm. record since uh, match number one with Ray's Decanus. James Bond. Who should he fight? The Red Hulk. It's about time. <laughs> yeah. The Red Hulk got, got the win. I feel good. By the way, next week I'm going to suggest the Red Hulk. Of course you are, and I'm just happy to say that I've now learned my level with the production team. I can hold off a James suggestion for roughly 100 battles. That's right. That's it. That's it. 100 battles. At 100, you know I have do. to say yes. All right. Now, Anaris, you were fantastic as a judge. Love your approach to this. Love the fact that you were so into it and really analyzing the characters and the weaknesses and taking what we had and breaking it all down. Thank you so much. Absolutely awesome. We are huge fans of yours and we'll always be there to support everything you do. Uh, I'm going to say congratulations on winning that uh, anime award you uh, are nominated for. Um, Go ahead and please tell the listeners and fans of Who Would Win where everyone can find you online. All right. So you guys can find me mostly on Twitter at Anaris underscore Q. You can also find me on Instagram with that same username. And if you were to look up my website, it is AnarisQ.com. You can check out my previous works, what I've done before. And yeah, that's usually where you can find me. Very cool. All right. Ray Sicanus, well-debated matchup today. As you can tell, I'm a little fired up. I felt you you really brought your A-game for the last two battles, and I had to step up and do what I had to do today. Man, does it feel good to get this win. So far this season, two wins to you, two wins to me. It's like a level playing field. How do you feel so far? I want to say, James, that you did a great job repping the Red Hulk today. Anaris, I want to say you did a great job as judge today. Thank you. 
but I won't. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Obviously, hashtag Ray was robbed. Come and come and feel the pain with me, guys. This one, this one stings a little bit. I don't like it when James walks in the door full of bravado, calling his shot like Babe Ruth, and then actually pulls it off. This is distasteful. This is disgusting. Next week when we do the show, I might have to pull a wild card. I have an idea for a character I want to use, but we'll wait till next week to talk about that. I think I got somebody James has no answer for. Uh. Great. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> unfortunately, uh, Anaris, I know when Ray says, says that, he actually means it. Okay, so uh, oh, stay no. tuned for next week. Uh, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> okay, Ray, did you tell everyone where they can find you, by the way? Of course, at Almighty Ray. That, come on, James Gapsy. That's basically what's going to be on my tombstone. It's going to be the third <laughs> word out of my mouth at all times, at Almighty Ray. I was just wondering if you did another podcast on top of this one that you want people to listen that to. That is not important tonight. This shame <laughs> is what's important. Uh, you can hey. find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavsey. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. And check out the Who Would Win website at www.whowouldwinshow.com to access all of our past podcast episodes. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found.